Denver region. Great Scott. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hello, sports fans. Well, hello there. Local sports, national sports. The GCAT has got you covered. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Time to tee it up and let it fly. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Check it out, George. Oh, boy. <laughs> How's everybody? It is Tuesday, November 16th. It's Gus Kattengill at GCAT underscore 17. If you'd like to follow over on Twitter's, if you uh, want to call in, it's 800-998-1003. Saints off day. We'll go over what head coach Sean Payton had to say yesterday when he looked at the tape. We'll touch on the upcoming game against the Eagles. The fact that Philadelphia is actually favored. Hmm? I know that. So we'll touch on all of that and more. And, of course, it is Tuesday, which means it's your normal college football Tuesday. Lots of head coaches here coming up this hour, 1245. It'll be head coach Billy Napier of your Louisiana Raging Cajun. So my recorded conversation with him that I did earlier this morning. And uh, you'll hear that coming up at 1245. Live will be head coach Tim Rebo of the Colonels. At 12.30, head coach Willie Fritz of the Tulane Green Wave. And at 12.45, Frank Selfo will join us from the Southeastern Lions. Eric Alexander, national champ, world champ with the Tigers and Patriots, will join us. He's also part of LSU Game Day Live. So I'm this past Saturday, of course, over in Baton Rouge. We'll talk about the Arkansas loss and the upcoming remaining games and where LSU sort of goes from here. Uh, Moving, you know. Moving on, as Matt Muscone, I, I guess, put it best yesterday when he started his show, two more weeks is all it's all you got, two more weeks. Go, Joe. Not the offensive coordinator's fault, but then throws him under the bus and blames the play calling. Uh, anyway, I'll take phone calls on that, too, if you'd like. Uh, 800-998-1003, as I said. And also, of course, you can join us online at ESPN Radio NOLA. Questions of the day, as always, we'll put them out there during the intern. And I had trouble kind of coming up with one today uh, and really thinking because how do I put today? Last night was frustrating. It's been a frustrating 48 hours, hadn't it? I was frustrated. Saints loss. Um, and then last night. Ram holding that right thumb up. We'll see what play that is right now. It's a pick from Ingram and a pull up from deep. Deep three. That one was from Silver Springs, Maryland. I like that play. 55-39 at the time. Bell's extended the lead a little bit more. A little later before halftime. Now Graham, who had Valanchunas and now found him. One catch, got him up in the air and one. Valanchunas waited for the defense to collapse. He got two guys up in the air and an easy layup and one. Let's see who they got. Everything was working according to plan. Things, things were doing real well. Pels led at halftime. Everything was working and then the second half happened. Um, here in New Orleans, being a Pelicans fan, we are kind of used to. Third quarter collapses. I, it's kind of like part of the, you know, DNA. <laughs> I really know what else to tell you. Um, so you lost the third quarter, 32 to 22. 
Hey, but you still have an entire quarter to go. You still had a lead. You had built up a 19-point lead. They were playing solid basketball, folks. It was a 33-16 second quarter in favor of the Pels. They were running away with this. We were going to have a win streak. Two straight. Brandon Ingram played incredible. Right? Then the fourth quarter happened. I think two tweets captured it best, perhaps. As by the way, the second half, the Pelicans were outscored 64 to 42. Couldn't score. Right? So, um, Will Guillory posted a tweet and also Christian Clark posted a tweet that I think pretty much kind of encapsulates what happened last night. Yes. Guys went cold. And I don't know if it's a force feed or not. And one of the topics we've been talking about for a while is Brandon Ingram and whether or not he's clutch, he's fourth quarter, he's the closer, what have you. Look, I, sometimes you miss shots, sometimes you, you don't. I, I understand that. H- here's the thing. There, there's clutch points and things. I, I'm just, look, here's Christian Clark's tweet. Brandon Ingram hit a hit two free throws with 6-11 to play. Pelicans didn't score again until 116. In between that time, Pell's still holding on desperately. Graham miss, Ingram miss, Ingram miss, Ingram miss, Jones miss, Ingram miss, Hart miss, Ingram miss, Hart miss, Graham turnover, Valanchunas charge, Ingram miss. He's your best player. He had 31 last night. He was killing it. He went cold. Tell me if you've heard this again. The ball stopped moving. He went ISO. He dribbled a lot. Brandon Ingram is good when he's in a rhythm. Somebody on this team has got to. Normally, you would think it's a point guard or somebody has got to realize or coach. Um, Okay, we're in that stretch. It's not feeling it. Work off the ball. One of the things that never really gets talked about a lot, and I believe it's truly reason why Steph Curry is so good, and I have invited Pels fans to do this the next time you're watching a game on TV that's the Warriors or you're in person. More importantly, it's easier in person. Watch Steph Curry without the ball. Steph Curry never stops running without the ball a lot of the game. Running behind screens, running behind picks, Catch and shoot three. Yes, he does bring the ball up and shoot. But a lot of those threes, he's not bringing up the ball. Brandon Ingram was bringing up the ball. Dribble, 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 force a shot. At the end of the game, when the war, when the Wizards had retaken the lead, he drives to the basket and he scores. That stopped. Again, tell me if you've heard that before. When this team goes cold, I could not even be watching and just see, uh uh-oh, Pell's struggling to score. I'm going to probably guess two things. Ball movement has stopped, which leads to iso ball or turnovers. That's probably the two reasons. 
And a lot of those misses that I went through from Christian Clark's tweet were jumpers. And again, I know they went down in the first, but you, you just have to realize if there's a cold stretch, like I said this last year, remember it was the Zion rules, and Mark, I'll get to you in a second. The, the Zion rules, like when, when the other team goes on a 10-0 run, that's the whistle, throw to Zion. Well, if he's not on the court, if the other team goes on a 6-run, 8-0-run, 10-0-run, drop to the basket, please. Can somebody drop to the basket? Which brings me to the second tweet. Will Guillory. Jonas Valanciunas had 16 points on 6 of 11 shooting through three quarters. He took a fade away with 11-13 left in the fourth. Ladies and gentlemen, that was his final shot of the game. Which is why last night's loss, sure you can say on Ingram, didn't make shots. Sure you can say on the rest of the team for absolutely gagging. There's no other way to put it. It was physically tough to watch a team just, they it could not handle that moment. And then, part of it's on Coach Green. You, you got to understand that. That guy has been a 20-point guy for you. How is Valanchunas' last shot coming with 11 minutes left in the fourth quarter? Again, when the jumpers aren't working. D- don't take my word for it. I'm not a coach. I'm not a hooper other than the driveway and back in the day at the gym and playground bowl and stuff like that. Michael Jeffrey Jordan might have heard of him. Even the great Michael Jordan has said, there's some nights your Jay's not going to, it's just not going to go down. You don't have it. Energy ain't there, legs are tight, whatever. What did he always say? I can still get my points at the free throw line. He drove. I don't understand why this team doesn't understand that. And I'm not saying you have to do that the entire game. When a run happens, like I almost think that needs to be posted in the locker room, put it on the back of the warm-up jerseys. 10-0 run, drive to the basket. When an opposing team has scored 10 straight and you haven't, drive to the basket, please. Continuously until you either score or you get fouled. I can live with five straight block shots. At least you're trying. You're just sitting. I just, I, I just it's so frustrating. Pass the ball. Drive to the basket. Why are we waiting to down five or six? Because that's that aggravated even more. They go up five. Beautiful give and go. Ingram down the paint. Kiss off the glass. Stops the bleeding. You're trailing now, though. Where was that when you had 12 misses in a row? It's frustrating. That was easily... I thought about making that the question of the day. Was that the most frustrating loss of the season? I think, honestly, yes. That is an absolutely inexcusable game to lose. You had it. You were up 19. You were playing well. That's just my opinion. Mark, what you got for me, man? You know, I think you've had the same, you've made the same comments uh, for the last year, the year before that, the year before that. You know, these guys continuously just refuse to pass the ball when, mm-hmm. when it needs to be passed. You know, I was watching it kind of online, and every every time I look, you know, I'm watching it 
and it shows you, you know, so-and-so shot, missed, mm-hmm. so-and-so shot, missed. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> but right. I also right. saw where Josh Hart, your guard, is the leading rebounder for the game. Now, that can't happen. Don't, don't we have a big guy that's supposed to be able, that should be rebounding all of that stuff? You know, and here's the other issue too, and we'll speak with Christian about this bottom of the hour. I think part of that as well is, I think you're, I think the guy's running out of gas. I mean, you've asked him for most of the season so far to be your leading scorer, leading rebounder, but you you bring up a great point, Mark, and I'll ask Mark that. I mean, uh, Christian that and, and Todd the next time we talk to him. You know, you're right. I mean, other guys have got to, you know, attack the glass, do those things, but man, again, I, Valanchun is, is, I, I just I cannot believe his last shot was eleven minutes in the fourth. That's just that's dumbfounding to me. And at one point again, oh, yeah, before the Ingram kiss off the glass, he was over seven in the fourth. You know? Man, it just I know the guy is trying. He had thirty one. He played outstanding before then. I don't know what happens to him in the fourth quarter. I, I don't know. He's a different player. It's nuts. But and, and but you know, I think in a way I would, like you said, just because I get to watch it more on on the app as opposed to, yeah. you know, on, on the TV, you see everything. Mm-hmm. But, you know what, it's kind of like the Alvin Kamara thing, man. Eventually, they're going to put, you know, three of the five people on the court on Brandon Ingram, and they just can't find the other two people that have no one in the same zip code that they're at. Yeah. Because they're not passing the ball. It's still feed Brandon and they can let him take some kind of falling away you know, contested shot from the front to back and one side. And, you know, there's eventually they have to realize that they're five, it's a five on five game. So two or three people are, are around your, your star and he deserves it. I mean, let's face it, 31 and having a cold fourth is still a really good, you know, that, that's some people's green game, man. Mm-hmm. I hear you, man. Thank you, Mark. Hey. Appreciate the phone call, bud. Hey, buddy. I hope you have a great day. Great show today, man. Okay, man. Thank you. Cajun Goat, what you got for us, bud? Got about two minutes, and okay. I got to hit the break so I can get to Amy. I got you, brother. Uh, I thought, uh, Gus, the guys that you named with the last shots of the game, uh, they did take, a couple of them did take, all Josh Hart's shots were going to the basket, were blocked. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Herb Jones, when he went to the basket, he was blocked. And then uh, Brandon went to the basket maybe twice or three times, and it was just the ugliest shot you ever seen in your life. But I think, too, I'm going to put a lot of this loss on the coach. Sato is still in the damn game whenever you should be playing Trey Murphy. You put a lineup out there with a bunch of non-shooters, and the only shooter you had on the floor for over five minutes was Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who is actually a streak shooter. And not once did you try to give the ball to Valanchunas. So I'm blaming this on the coaching. I think this loss goes solely on Willie Green's shoulders. If he's going to keep putting Sato on the floor, who gives you nothing, Gus, the guy gives you nothing. And you're, you're playing him more minutes than you're playing a Trey Murphy, who actually was having a pretty decent game when he was in the game. So I put the comeback and everything on Willie Green, Gus. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Brandon Ingram, this is Brandon Ingram. If you think you're going to get any kind of other Brandon Ingram, you're, you're mistaken. He did this last year. 
The only year he did it, you got to make sure maybe this year coming up, you get him a new contract agreement going on. Maybe then he'll start finishing games. Mm -hmm. But other than that, he hasn't finished games since he signed his contract. So, I mean, he, he, I mean, I know he's trying to put a lot on his shoulders because Zion's not playing or whatever, but the guy didn't finish games last year. So we're getting the same thing this year. But Mm -hmm. any which way, when the ball moves, you got better chances of shooting the ball. But, uh, I, I, I solely place this on Willie Green's shoulders with his rotation. And I'll hang up and listen to what you got to say, brother. Sounds good, man. Thank you, Cajun Goat. We'll talk with Christian Clark a little bit more about that. I want to run up any more of Amy Justice time as we'll talk about the New Orleans Saints next. This is your home for Pelicans basketball. It's just frustrating. Look, I actually went to the free throw line 34 times. It's, I don't know. Tell me, tell me if you saw the game. Why do you think they lost it? I, I don't know. I, Oh, it's frustrating. That's a win, man. That is a win. Amy, just next on ESPN New Orleans. All right, all right. I'm back. It's fall savings times at Barker Kia, which means you can save on our entire lineup of new Kias. These Kias are packed with value and technology. Best of all, these new Kias come with our famously low Barker Kia price. Take a look at the all-new Ultra Sporty 2022 Kia K5, a rebellious design built to root a road with an 8-inch touchscreen and lane-keeping technology that all comes standard. Or drive home in a new 2022 Kia Sorento, the third-row 7-seat SUV that comes standard with family favorite features like smartphone integration and of course we have to mention the all-new kia carnival mpv the suv inspired van has a radical departure from the usual now that says it all so come save during the fall savings time at barker kia and get our famously low barker kia price and you know all these new kias come with a 10 year 100,000 mile powertrain warranty that's barker kia and homer or shop online at BarkerKia.com. come see me people warranty is a limited powertrain warranty see kia.com or retail for details. Offshore workers are among the most important members of the Gulf Coast workforce. When a person working offshore or on a vessel is injured, the effects on their family can be devastating. At the King Firm, we are proud to have experience with these types of cases and make it a priority to see that our clients receive just compensation and are treated fairly. If you've been injured, don't play the game of claims with the insurance companies. Ring the King at 504-909-KING or 888-241-8766. Welcome back. We've missed you. We know it's been tough. Because rebuilding your business isn't for the faint of heart. Your business needs a jump start. And we're here to help. Introducing Surge, symmetrical speed fiber internet from Etel Business. Revved up data speeds at 30% off, plus three months free. We're glad you're back. And we're here to make your business surge. Etel Business. Offer valid on three-year contract for two or more business services. That man's got some stones. Believe me, he is no wood. His legend lives on. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. I know it was a couple days ago, but you know what? Kind of uh, encapsulates exactly how Saints fans felt Sunday. No explanation. (laughs) There wasn't an explanation. What do you want me to say? You want my opinion on it? No, no opinion on it. Next question. Amy just covers the Saints for the Big Union Advocate at Amy underscore just. Amy, that, that kind of much, uh, pretty much summed up probably Saints Twitter. I <laughs> just, the way people feel, I still feel that way. It was another frustrating, um, couple of days after a loss. Yeah. 
honestly, I don't, I don't find it funny. I thought it was really rude. I know that you can, you know, you're upset after losses, right. but Catherine Terrell didn't false start on a two point conversion. That was Adam Troman. So, um, I thought it was disrespectful. Um, I know a lot of people thought it was funny, but it wasn't very professional and it was really rude. When you look at the, the frustration in that loss and really the last two weeks, Amy, I think the things that, that I, I guess will first be frustrating either for the fan base or the coaching staff is that there are a lot of self-inflicted issues with this team. The mm-hmm. offensive line at home, the offensive line here on the road, drop passes, like give yourselves a shot, sort of, huh? Yeah, of course. It, it's two weeks in a row where they've had some incredibly self-inflicted penalties on things that this team is better than. They're better than that, and they know that. Um, it, you would hope that what happened against the Falcons is a fluke, right? Things happen. But two weeks in a row, that's concerning. The last thing you want is for they're in they're still in position to make the playoffs, but for them to keep shooting themselves in the foot to the point where it's gonna it could snowball into not just two losses but more. You know the margin for error is super slim. They have a ton of starters out. A lot of other teams do too, but you can't make those mistakes, especially when you have little room for error. I think one of the other things, too, that people will look at, too, is the play of quarterback. And really, look, second straight game, Trevor Simeon hasn't turned the ball over. You look at the numbers, statistically, more yards than 10. Like, I think he's played pretty well the last two weeks. But some people wonder, hey, if you bring in Taysom Hill, you can do more at the offense. But I think the problem is maybe you're not seeing him nearly as much because if he gets injured, you don't have your backup, huh? Well, that's the thing. Uh, on um, WWL during his radio show yesterday, Sean said that Taysom got a little nicked up. So we'll see what happens uh, when the injury report comes out tomorrow. If he's on there, that's not great because uh, your next backup is rookie Ian Book, who has not had any playing time at all this year. So other than the preseason. So, yeah, not great. Not what you want, but that's definitely something we're going to have to going to have to look to par for the course isn't it amy just covers the yeah. saints for the picayune and advocate um you know when you look at those two games that they did just played man going into those games amy i remember i think probably bringing it up on our tuesday conversations that falcon game felt like when you had to have tennessee's just a tough team they find a way to win mm-hmm. that's a Vrabel thing and then philly can't be a must-win game that was what i was afraid of Look, somehow, two straight losses, you're still in the playoff standings. You're sixth. Mm-hmm. But now, to me, that game before Buffalo, Dallas, and the Buccaneers with the Jets sandwiched in between, that's a tough stretch. Now, to me, Philly mm-hmm. does become a, you can't lose this game, Amy. Yeah, no, absolutely. I thought that, you know, before the loss on Sunday, if they went 2-2 two and two over the next four games, they still had a shot. Any less than any worse than that, and you need help from other teams, and that's not what you want. That never works out in the same favor. <laughs> so 
you have to do what you can to control as much as you can, right? You can't control other teams losing, but if you win, you don't, you don't have to worry about that. And so, yeah, this week it, it, it is a must win, right? If you drop this, you know, arguably right. these were the, you know, the game against Tennessee and the game against the Eagles were arguably the two easiest games of this four game stretch. So if you go, Oh, and two, you know, for these, you know, two games and then go into, you know, two Thursday night games back to back against a really talented Buffalo team and a talented Dallas team. Yeah. Right. 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 I mean, you don't want those games, you know, having to do. And look, and quite honestly, it's, it's a ways away, but the. Dolphins pulled off a big win with Baltimore. The Panthers, who knows where they will be and what they'll be playing like with Cam now back over there as quarterback. And it's the Falcons. Apparently it can't beat them. So I don't know. It's just, it's frustrating, I guess, from a fan standpoint. But Amy, that's this season. I, I, that's why I've always looked at it and kept calling this team at the beginning of the season a potential playoff team. So many things had to go right and so many players had to step up in roles that maybe they haven't done before. So let's go with some of those players, and I want to get your opinion on it. Adam Troutman. I feel like that is somebody, you just put that name out there, and Saints Twitter absolutely has an opinion. One way or shape or form on Adam Troutman. Yeah, look, I think that um, the the shoes that he was asked to fill this season as their number one tight end, um, you know, he hasn't delivered on that. But I don't think it's entirely his fault either. You know, he's made his mistakes. You can't false start on a two-point conversion. You can't. You cannot do it. That Oh, it's like the kiss of death. But, like, for him to be just in his second season and for him to leave that room, I just – I don't know if he was ready for that. Right. Um, you know, you have Jared Cook. You have Josh Hill. Um for the last several seasons, Josh Hill had been here forever. Uh, and Jared Cook had been in the league forever. Say what you will about him, but you know, he had proven that he could do it. Right. Um, and Josh, you know, unsung hero blocking guy, uh, not involved a whole lot in pass catching, but that wasn't his role. And I think that Adam is being asked to do kind of a bit of everything. Um, when he's not ready to do all of it. Um, getting Nick Vanette back this week. He was a healthy scratch this past week. Um, maybe will help with that. Maybe Nick will become the number one tight end. Um, so, yeah, something's got to work there. Because um, what's happening in that room right now is, is not working. How did you think the wide receiver position group played better but it's not it's hard to get worse so but no I think they played better I thought Traquan had a pretty good game uh, I thought Deontay other than his you know fumble on a you know the return um mm-hmm. played well um so things are getting better there but Again, it's got some improvements to make. And we're halfway through the season, right? right. So there's time to make those improvements. Um, 
But they've got to do it quick because if they want to make the playoffs, they can't be playing in close games like this all the time and coming out on the losing end of it. I I played Sean's comments yesterday uh, about after he watched the tape and Mm -hmm. went over the missed PATs. Amy, Charlie Brown came to mind. My field goal attempt with Ty Graffinini back in the day doing two-lane football at the Alamo Dome when I kicked the turf trying to hit a field goal. Man, when I heard that, I just I could just imagine Saints fans going, really? He kicked the ground before the ball? Why is it so hard for the Saints to find a kicker, Amy? Because when you're so spoiled <laughs> with Will Lutz, for the past several seasons, you know, sometimes the universe has a way of working itself out. I know that sounds horrible, but I mean, everything comes around, um, I think, in the grand scheme of things. And I think that's just where the Saints are right now. Um, I'm not going to make any friends when I say um, a stat nugget that I uncovered this morning um, and Brian Johnson is just the third kicker in NFL history to miss two extra points in a two-point game where his team lost. Only happened three times, and the other two times were more than 40 years ago. History is history, right, Amy? (laughs) Making history. Um, So I look at the the Eagles, this week's opponent, and they take on the Broncos a week ago. Broncos beat the brakes off at Dallas a week later at home, get their brakes beaten off. Um. Look, Jalen Hurts was 16 to 23, 178, two TDs, a pick, sacked once, but they rushed for 214 yards. Hurst had 53. Is this key this weekend for the Saints as simple as stopping the run? Yeah. And I think that's something that they're good at doing. Um, obviously, you know, everybody's going to scheme to each other. So what happened last week will probably not happen again uh, in terms of game planning. But you look back last year, it was Jalen Hurts' first start, and he ran roughshod over the Saints. Mm. It was ugly. I was there. It was gross. Um, so maybe they'll figure it out. Uh, but Sean was super complimentary of Jalen yesterday, saying that he's having a fantastic year, and I think he is. Um, he just can't have a fantastic game against the Saints next week if the Saints want to get through uh, to the playoffs. Yeah, unfortunately, it's a must win. you got to win this week. Got to. At Amy underscore justice, the way to give her a follow. Tomorrow she'll be back at it as the Saints get back to practice, getting ready to take on the Eagles in Philly. They're a favorite going into this game. I think it was three yesterday. Still around there, huh? I think so. I haven't looked today, but I would imagine that's what it is. See, pop it up. Oh, oh, it dropped to one and a half. So it went from three to one and a half for some reason. I don't know what happened. I don't know why. (laughs) I don't either. (laughs) I don't know. Amy will talk next Tuesday. Thank you as always for your time. Thank you. Yep. At Amy underscore just. When we come back, Christian Clark will talk Pelicans basketball next on ESPN New Orleans.
As a leader in the oil and gas industry, Joe's Septic Contractors caters to oil field clients offering vacuum truck service for offshore tanks, vessels, or treatment plants containing sewage or gray water. Their rental department offers state-of-the-art offshore portable toilets, also holding tank rentals and portable hand-washing stations. Call Joe's Septic Contractors 24-7-985-632-5592. In Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fushaw, Abbeville, and Reserve, or visit their website at joesseptic at vizcom.net. Coco's Mexican Restaurant on Highway 1 in Raceland is open and ready to please you. They have daily lunch specials Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Mouth-watering Mexican food daily with delicious specialty dishes like coconut shrimp tacos, Baja fish tacos, plus try the trio burritos or a carne asada. Coco's Mexican has happy hour from 3 to 7 p.m. with two-for-one margaritas. Delivery service from waiters also available. They're located on Highway 1 in Raceland next to the post office. Coco's. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard has led to a lot of firsts for me. It paid for me to be the first person in my family to go to school. That education got me to the first day at my dream job, which I can still hold while I serve part-time. That job and the home loan benefits I got from the Army National Guard helped me buy my first house. I also know that I will be one of the first to respond if my community ever needs me. Sponsored by the Louisiana Army National Guard. Aired by the Louisiana Association of Broadcasters and this station. Sarah Spain. She is resigning now in this moment because she has been proven to have failed all of those girls. And me, Jason Fitz. Our Spain and Fitz. We are back. College football has built into it nostalgia. Sarah Spain. A connection to a community. This will not have that. Jason Fitz. He is, when he is healthy, considered to be one of the great young pieces in the game. Spain and Fitz returns weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Hands it off to Gafford. Shovels it to Dinwiddie with four to shoot. Dinwiddie pulls up left of the top for three. Maybe the toughest shot of the entire night for Washington, and it goes in. I felt like that guy absolutely killed the Pelicans second half. Christian Clark covers the Pels for the pick you and advocate. Did it feel like he finished with 27? I swear he had like 57 in the second quarter. Anywhere there was a shot made area is two six. That guy killed the Pels last night. How are you, Christian? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, Dinwiddie is really good. Um, I, <laughs> I think the Pelicans, uh, I think they made a run at him this summer. Um, and that would have been a good signing, but, uh, <laughs> too bad it didn't work out. Man, I, I was frustrated in, in the opening segment. Um, I'll ask you, what happened last night in the second quarter? Why do you think the Pelicans lost that game? Oh, man. Um, I mean, I guess the biggest reason is offense just kind of stalled out in the second half. Um, I think they scored. 42 second half points and you know of course what we all focused on and and rightfully so was that stretch in the fourth quarter where you know they didn't score for almost five full minutes um you know bunch of missed good looks Devontae Graham had a bad turnover Jonas Valanciunas had a charge um but the offense just kind of faltered and and look I know Zion isn't playing right now but you would think with Brandon Ingram and then Devontae Graham and Jonas Valanciunas and some other guys, like it shouldn't 
it shouldn't be that bad. I mean, I know Washington has defended really, really well this season, but yeah, that was uh, that was just some rough offense in the second half. So they actually went to the line what thirty four times. I mean, it's a, it's a ton of free throws. Um, they knocked down eighty five percent of them. Pell's shot fifty two percent from three. They're just I I don't understand. Is it as simple as pass the ball? Like why why does it get so stagnant? Why do they go through these stretches that where it's just a struggle to score? Yeah, I mean, like Zion is so good in the half court. Like he kind of just lifts everybody up, and when you don't have him, um, you know, I, I guess you're going to go through these stretches where it sometimes just just looks awkward in the half court. I mean, what what Willie Green said after the game was, you know, it it, it hurt that uh, Washington got going on offense because it meant that that New Orleans you know couldn't get out and run and had to play against a set defense the whole time. Um, but again, it, it just it shouldn't be this bad you would think i mean this is you know year three with with brandon um there's some pretty good complimentary offensive pieces so i wish i knew i mean I, I know willie green is is emphasizing you know quick decision making ball movement player movement i mean that's been uh, among the biggest things he's emphasized since he got this job so you, you look at Valanciunas, there was two tweets that I, I opened up the show with that I said kind of told me a, a little bit of the story or, or things that really stood out last night. Will Guillory pointing out that uh, Valanciunas had 16 points. His last shot came at the 11-13 mark in the fourth. The quarter starts with 12 minutes on the clock. And then yours, where you detailed six minutes on all of the different misses and the majority of them were by Ingram, who finished with 31. He had a good night, just could not score in a fourth. So we'll get to both of those things. Let's start with, with with Jonas. Man, he's been such a big part of the offense here. Were you surprised that he didn't take any more shots in the fourth? Yeah, I, I was a little bit. Um, I mean, I, I think, you know, definitely when they go through these stretches in the half court where they're struggling, like, they they need to at least just get him the ball in in one of his spots and and let him make a decision even if it doesn't result in him getting a shot just just give him a touch like he's a guy who can move the ball pretty well but just give him a touch um, you know they kind of tried to force feed him once in that five minute stretch he didn't score uh, he ran over Harold for the charge like that was they got the ball to him you know really far away from the basket really wasn't in like his zone his spot um, so yeah I, I definitely you know, think there's something to that. Um, and I don't even think, honestly, I didn't think like the looks they got were that bad for the most part. I mean, I think they just, they just missed. So you go to Brandon Ingram. Um, look, clearly he is a massive help on the offensive side of things when he plays and doesn't play. But for some reason, sometimes, especially saw that last year. And of course, yesterday's an example. Let's just start with this. Does he have a fourth quarter problem? A, there is a stat, the clutch stat. I mean, I, you tweeted a little bit about that a, a bit ago, so you can go into it. But is that is that an issue? Is that true, or is it just look the entire offense just went to you know in the fourth quarter? Yeah, at this point, I mean, we've got two plus seasons of like data of of him, you know, being in the Orleans Pelican and and him just really struggling to, to score the ball efficiently, you know, late in close games. I mean, I think, I think there is some truth to it, honestly. Um, you know, you can like get into all the context, like it would help if the Pelicans had had a guard who could break the defense off, off, off dribble, you right. know, and, and some of these times like 
guess they had Drew Holiday that first year, but last year, Lonzo and Eric Bledsoe weren't those guys. I mean, this year's starting backcourt, Devontae Graham's you know, kind of just like a spot-up three-point shooter. He can take some threes off the dribble. Uh, Nikhil is not really a, rely, a guy you rely on. So often it's just fallen to on Brandon Ingram's shoulders when Zion is in the lineup. And look, I, I mean, I, I just think it's hard to argue with the numbers at this point. Like, he just has not been very efficient at, mm-hmm. at all in those moments. I think, like, I see some tunnel vision. Like, he kind of, to me, it looks like he kind of predetermines what he's going to do of, like, you know, I'm going to attack this guy and get this shot instead of instead of just playing and, like, making the right play. Like, to me, I think having more of just, like, a right play mentality um, would be more beneficial in those situations. Like, kick the ball to open teammates when, when you collapse the defense mm-hmm. sometimes. Like, don't just, don't just go into every situation being, like, I'm going to go to my bread and butter like a mid-range jumper, you know? Like, don't predetermine. It's interesting that you bring that up, too, because I did in the opening segment of the show, Christian, speak with Christian Clark, covers the Pelicans for the Picayune and Advocate, in that one of the things that I always think that stands out with Steph Curry in the words, we think of him as just an unbelievable shooter, right? The guy walks into the gym, he's in range. But he does so much movement without the basketball. Like, if I had to probably correctly or incorrectly say, why do I think the times that Brandon struggles, he struggles or the offense does it's ISO ball. It's lots of dribbling, lots of shot clock ticking away. Then long jumper like that, that like I, I close my eyes. That's when I see Brandon struggling, catching shooting and flow in rhythm. That is when I see him succeeding. And that's where I almost wonder to your point, you just said with the point guard, of him moving off the ball, off of screens, being able to to get him space. I think with him with the basketball, sometimes it works. But I think, like, when he broke his 0-7 for streak in the fourth quarter last night, give and go, went straight to the basket, laid it in. Like, I'd like to see that more when some of those, you know, the shots aren't falling. Yeah, I think that's a great point about Curry. That's probably, I mean, that's, I think, the most underrated thing about him is he just never stops moving, even when the ball's not in his hands, like, just his energy level and, and you know his motor is really really incredible and like defenses are always worried about him like they're always worried about him and I think defenses are worried about Brandon but he just he doesn't move without the ball in, in nearly the same way as a guy like Curry does so I, I definitely think you know that's something that that would be helpful for sure um, and and I agree too it's just I think it's just a little too much iso ball you know for some reasons that that aren't Brandon's fault, you know, there just hasn't been great guard play um, on this team the past two years. Um, but, yeah, I mean, free him up a little bit. And, you know, I think, like, when Zion comes back, that, that solves some of your problems, too. Um, I mean, yeah. like, he's just kind of proven, like, it doesn't matter if there's three guys on him, he can still score. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, the ISO thing, I, I think that's, like, pretty legit. So now you go to uh, Miami and you take on a guy like, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to do my best to not bring up Tyler Hero. Could have gotten him in the draft. Okay, that's it. I got it out of I got it out of my system. I will try not to do that tomorrow. That team's playing well. That team has some shooters. That team's got a lot of different things. Uh, tough task for them tomorrow. Yeah, they, they are really, really good. Uh, I wish Kyle Lowry playing point guard for the Pelicans in that yeah. heat. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, they're they're loaded. It's it's hard not to play that game of like, hmm, 
you know, those are some guys who went a couple spots after the guys who were drafted. You can, uh, you can do that a lot. Uh, you know, the, in 2019 and 2020, I think it's, it's tough to stomach in some ways. It really is, isn't it, Christian? I try it. It's why, uh, it's why I always have a bottle of wine on hand at the house. So I appreciate the time. I don't know what else to say. I mean, it just, it's frustrating, man. And look, we have Pels fans that call throughout the show and they give their opinions. And there is passion, though, Christian. And I'm sure you get this on your Twitter feeds and comments on your stories. People do care. I think it's a, it's a horrible misconception outside of here that because of the lack of wins, that this isn't a basketball town or nobody cares. Go ahead and sell it. Go I, right. Would you agree with me, Christian? I think people actually do care because if they would, if they didn't, they wouldn't be so passionate. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And uh, I mean, hey, I, you know, I, I welcome that rather than apathy like any day of the week. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, I, I definitely see that and sense that. And uh, you know, I, I hope people just. Stay engaged too, because um, you know. Hopefully, it won't be that long before Zion's back. And right. and as bad as this has been, I mean, the invention of the play-in tournament means you're never really out of it. I mean, I, <laughs> uh, you know, it's a very very low bar to clear. And I guess that's part of what kind of makes it unique now. Like all you have to do is get up to tenth. Like when you just look at the talent on this roster, like they absolutely have enough talent to do that. I mean, you just need big guy to. to to come back in a relatively mm-hmm. timely fashion. But, I mean, it's still within reach as, as awful as this these first 14 games or whatever have been. Christian, it sort of has been part of my routine. Every day I pull up the standings and I look at it and I remind folks, Leaks <laughs> wants to show you are four wins away from the Sacramento Kings. They're 6-8, and eight, you're 2-13, and 13, 5 in the loss column. <laughs> hey, you're right there and it's only November. I haven't even put my Christmas lights up yet, so... We haven't done that. We haven't eaten turkey. Santa hasn't come. I haven't had my birthday in January. We haven't had Valentine's Day. Mardi Gras. There's still a lot of time to go. So, you got time. Yeah, me personally, like I can't, I can't rule them out in my head before Thanksgiving either. Or else, like, what am I doing? You know, like I need need something like a carrot in front of me too. So I, I just, I can't do it, even if I, I did believe it in my heart of hearts. Exactly. Thank you, man. Appreciate the time. I appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. Christian Clark, go give him a follow over on Twitter. You probably already are, but in case you're not, it's at Clark underscore 13. Quick break. My conversation with head coach Billy Napier of your Agent Cajuns. They've won nine straight. That is a school record. And they're hosting the Sunbelt Conference Tournament Championship for the first time in school history as well, Saturday, December 4th. Hear what he has to say next on ESPN New Orleans. aftermath of Hurricane Ida, it is obvious that our community has taken a big hit. As we all rebuild and come together in the best of ways, the way we do it in South Louisiana, helping our neighbors, family, and especially local businesses, Home Attractor and John Deere would like to thank all of our customers for their business, supporting, and understanding while we work through the damage with plans to be better than ever as a business and a community. Home Attractor is open for business and here to serve our community. We have new John Deere equipment to help get the work done. Home Attractor, at the foot of the tunnel on the east side. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates on auto insurance, but what does that mean? Surprising. This often means something comes out of nowhere, like finding that $20 bill in your dryer. 
great? Well, obviously, great means superior. Rates? Simply what one pays in exchange for something. And in this case, that something is State Farm being there when you need them most. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Individual premiums will vary by customer. All applicants subject to State Farm underwriting requirements. When you want the real deal, call State Farm agent Ashley Barrios in Cutoff. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafourche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette, plus the River Parishes, too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply, 985-223-8807, Highway 311 in Homa. Is pain putting a strain on your quality of life? Don't suffer in silence. Get relief at the Pain Center of Thibodeau Regional. Dr. Luis Hernandez and Dr. Keith Duplantis can provide solutions to neck, knee, and back pain, as well as pain associated with injury, arthritis, nerve damage, and migraines. Get help for your pain at the Pain Center of Thibodeau Regional. Call today, 985-493-4080, or go to Thibodeau.com. The man that likes to talk. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. All right, welcome back. And as always, around this time on a Tuesday, we enjoy our conversation with head coach Billy Napier. And thank you, coach, as always, for setting aside a little time to talk Raging Cajun football. How are you today? I'm doing great, Gus. I appreciate you having us on, man. Well, uh, it kind of seems like the last couple of weeks, I always start out our conversation by saying congratulations, a ninth straight win. That's a program record. Yeah, no, it's, it's um, it was, a, it was a good day at the office. We, um, good, really good team win. Felt like we played complimentary football, um, you know, both offensively, defensively. And I thought we had a really strong day uh, on game changers and the special teams part of it. So. Um, doing a lot of things well, and uh, certainly Troy is a very competitive team and one that uh, we have a lot of respect uh, going into the game for. Be sure to follow the Cajuns on Twitter at FB. You know, Coach, when you look at that game, you told us last week that it was going to be a competitive game, that, you know, that, that university had history, it, it's tough to go out there, a great environment. And really, once again, it was one of those games where you got turnovers in the second half. You got the run game going. And quarterback made plays in the passing game as well. Another one of those complete wins. Yeah. You know, I think we posted a zero on offense, right? There was no short fields throughout the day. Um, you know, defensively got three takeaways. We rushed for over 200 yards. They rushed for 43 yards. I think the hidden yardage was about 88 yards. Would have been a lot more. Uh, we we kind of muffed the scop uh, kick early there and had a couple penalties. Uh, but overall, the film on special teams, we controlled the vertical field position. Um, yeah, it was a good day. We played uh, complimentary ball and uh, certainly did enough to win. You know, when you take a look at it, obviously you mentioned being able to run the football like you did. Having a pair of backs, look, it's key, right, Coach? You're going to have injuries, or you could always use them in different ways. But to have two running backs that can provide that 200 yards that you're talking about total, well, what does that do for you uh, options-wise? Well, I think, you know, I mean, we we, we kind of committed uh, to a three-back system around here. 
you know, always understanding um, kind of the history is the best indicator of the future, right? So running backs get banged up. You're always going to need, you know, a handful of backs, especially with the way we play. Um, you know, and if, if you get that type of balance, uh, you can get really good quarterback play like we got Saturday. I think Levi's quarterback rating was about 180, which is a really good day at the office. Um, you know, you, you're going to be tough to stop. You can play turnover, free football, score touchdowns in the red area. Um, you know, I think that you can position your team to win. So uh, certainly balance is a big part of what we do, and uh, having those backs makes that easier. I think one of the things, Coach, that you mentioned in quarterback Levi Lewis, I almost feel like when we speak about him too, I in the past I've brought up that when when you watch the games, tight moments, big moments, whether it's a, a drive to – to win the game or drive to uh, come back to win the game. He just seems steady. Just kind of seems like nothing kind of sort of rattles him. Is that who he is, his personality? I know we've touched on that before, but it almost kind of looks like he's a lot calmer than my palms are. Yeah, no, I think he's, um, you know, he's confident because he's he's well prepared. Um, He's certainly one of the hardest working young men I've been around. Um, and he works 24 7, 365 for those moments. So it's a great competitor. And, um, you know, I think he's in the right frame of mind going out there to play. You know, I think if you're a competitor, then you really look forward to those opportunities, right? We try to uh, keep that perspective. But I think you're right. Um, Saturday, he made some incredible plays uh, on fourth down. Um, really did a nice job using his feet to extend plays, to scramble. Uh, Really, really good day for Levi. Coach, I apologize if I mispronounced his name. Is it Farrard Gardner? Farrard, yeah. Yeah, I I need to learn that first name. 11 tackles, an interception, a pass breakup. That's uh, that's having the day on the defensive side, isn't he? Yeah, he had a terrific day. Guy's uh, extremely uh, intelligent. He's a great communicator. Um, Does a really good job. Uh, in all areas, right? Pass coverage. He's a great blitzer. He's a good, uh, tackler. Although he's a, you know, 215, 20 pound guy. He's got really good stopping power. Um, he's loose hipped. He can accelerate and run and make plays in space. Um, I think he's a very underrated player. Uh, he, he just got yesterday, uh, invite to the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl, which is a big deal. Uh, one of the top three all-star games out there for guys. So, you know, really proud of him and the progress. He's come a long way. Um, and a guy that got voted team captain last year. So really proud of Farad and um, certainly one of his better days on Saturday. Speak with head coach Billy Napier for another couple of minutes here. RagingCages.com is the way to go follow them on their athletic website. Coach, um, having players get invited to camps like that, guys actually playing on Sunday, that means you guys are winning. And finally, and I mean that with a lot of respect, uh, you guys are actually going to get to host the Sunbelt Conference tournament game, uh, championship game rather, on, on December 4th. How big a deal is that? I know it's an obvious question. Well, I mean, I think it's, um, it's a pretty historic moment, you know, relative to, first of all, uh, they've only been playing this championship game for a number of years here. You know, and certainly we've been uh, winning the Western Division, but we've been having to go play at uh, Appalachian State, Coastal, whoever it may be. 
uh, and finally this year to get in position to have the best record in the league. You know, home field advantage at any level of football is a big deal, right? High school, college, certainly in the National Football League. Uh, so, you know, I'm hopeful uh, that our community uh, will stand up here and, um, you know, show up and make it a terrific day. You know, not only a competitive advantage relative to how they can affect the game, but also a memory uh, that'll last uh, the rest of our lives. So we're excited about that. We do have uh, more work to do before we cross that bridge uh, and certainly trying to compartmentalize and focus this week on a, on a great Liberty team uh, that that's going to present a number of challenges. No doubt, Coach, and that's what we'll transition to next. Three o'clock is a uh, kickoff against Liberty. It's a, an interesting school, right? I mean, they've made a lot of attention this year, had a nice game against Ole Miss, really played them well, and obviously, um, look, they're excited about moving into, up in competition there and into another conference, going into Conference USA. So what, what, do, you, what do you see when you take a look at Liberty? Well, I see um... – uh, got really good personnel. You know, they've done a nice job using the transfer portal. Uh, they've done a nice job developing some of the players on their team from the past. We played them a couple of years ago in 19. Uh, they've made a significant improvement. Obviously, Hugh Freeze is a uh, well-established uh, coach, you know, has his processes in place. Um, Liberty has tremendous resources, right? They've got huge student body uh they've got a lot of financial um you know resources there relative to how they can um, invest in the program uh, we got to go play at their place you know they've won 15 in a row at home um, the quarterback uh, is dynamic you know he's thought of as maybe one of the top five quarterbacks in the nfl draft uh, and they're playing really good defense you know it's a it's a top 15 defense in the country uh, they're 13th in scoring defense and 14th in total defense. So um, this is going to be um, one of the biggest challenges of the season for our team uh, and one that, you know, we're in the middle of preparing for here as we speak. All right. Well, I guess you kind of just gave us a few of those. Uh, a big key for your football team on Saturday, Coach. Well, I think, you know, obviously the quarterback, um, you know, our ability to uh, control him as an athlete, as a runner, is going to be a big part of it, right? Um, got to get him on the ground when we get an opportunity. Got to have really good uh, rush lane integrity. Uh, got to be sound on the edges in the read game. Uh, and certainly, you know, I think offensively, we've got to create some balance. And, um, you know, turnover margin is always important. You, know, you got to be sound in the kicking game. So, Overall, there's going to be it's the same old formula, right? I mean, we have a way that we go about winning games here. Uh, so we, you know, it's our formula, and uh, that's what we're going to focus on. All right, head coach Billy Napier on Tuesday sets aside a little time to talk raging Cajun football. Coach, as always, appreciated. Thank you and good luck. All right, guys, thanks for covering the Cajuns, man. I'll see you around. Head coach Billy Napier looking for their tenth straight win. You can follow them over online at Raging Cajuns FB, and of course, their athletic website. RagingCajuns.com. All right. That will bring an end to our number one, our two. Coach Tim Rebo, Coach Willie Fritz, and Coach Frank Selpo. Next up, though, we'll go 